Please join us every week for a new episode of Understanding the Human Condition with Dr. James Flowers. Dr. Flowers and his most admired mentors, respected colleagues, and VIP guests will share valuable insight into underlying health causes, conditions, and issues. These in-depth yet approachable episodes are a great resource for both private individuals and industry professionals. Our esteemed host, Dr. James Flowers, is one of the most recognized and respected names in the field of chronic pain, mental health, and substance use disorders, both nationally and internationally. Dr. Flowers is the founder of J. Flowers Health Institute, located in Houston, Texas. For more information about J. Flowers Health Institute and its concierge services, go to jflowershealth.com or dial 713-783-6655. And be sure to mention this podcast. Welcome to Understanding the Human Condition with your host, Dr. James Flowers. Hey, Robin. Hey, you. How are you? I am great. I am super good today because we have one of my best Aww. colleague friends yeah. and one of my best Aww. friends in general, uh, Meredith Sonnet today. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy. You flew all the way from Chicago, and thank you for spending time yes. with us to do that. Yes. I'd like to read a little bio, okay. if I may. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure most folks know you, but for those who don't, I thought I'd tell them a little bit about you, and yeah. then we'll learn more from sure. you. Sure. Meredith is a certified licensed professional counselor with over 18 years of experience, specializing in providing six-month support addressing addiction, behavioral health, illnesses to individuals and families across the country. She helped create a relapse prevention track program and sober recovery coaching program. Meredith has a private practice in the western suburbs of Chicago, and it's called Heartfelt Recovery. It's amazing, too. Yeah? She does phenomenal work all over the country. And uh, I personally have been able to help some of her families. And uh, just the work that you do is so cool and amazing and helps so many families in Chicago and other places around the country. How did you um, get into this field? What brought you into recovery field? Yeah, so growing up in a recovery alcoholic home, I have an understanding of what it means to be in that family dynamic and then also having the gene being passed down to me um it it really is a an understanding Mm -hmm. and so uh through my years of being a stockbroker and then also a flight attendant i just kind of didn't really feel like i was doing what i was supposed to be doing so i just you know wanted to do something when I grew up and had the spirit come through me and so Mm -hmm. my dad has passed on and so through him I feel that I can help families in giving and providing hope because there is hope and God willing today I'm 24 years in recovery and so I did I did understand that I needed to walk before I ran and so I did go back and get my master's in counseling and my certifications and all of that through the years so I'm really passionate about what I do and this is more than just a career or a job it's it's really a lifestyle it is Mm -hmm. it's so much you are exactly right it's I don't feel like I work either Mm -hmm. right it's Mm -hmm. just our lifestyle what we do seven days a week (laughs) last night we were at dinner and you were I was like if Meredith calls me at 10 o'clock I take that call yeah (laughs) yeah you know it's just what we do we were talking about how she's been bringing patients since you first started the J Flowers Health Institute and Mm -hmm. I was telling her like way back then when there was only maybe three of you right Mm -hmm. at the very beginning of the birth of this Mm -hmm. institute and what kind of faith that had to be and um and how you really believed in what you were doing 
Absolutely. You want to explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, I remember us going and touring and just sitting over a balcony and you were sharing your vision about what you were about to, to start. And I said, well, hallelujah, because <laughs> this is yeah. what we need. And, you know, there's so many times within working with families about uh, recommending certain treatment centers and such. And it's really about getting that um, understanding and foundation first. Yeah. Otherwise, this revolving door of going in and out of different levels of care, hoping that something will stick. And unless we have a foundation first of a true understanding of what the individual is going through, the family dynamic is experiencing, we can then, then that's the platform to move forward. Mm -hmm. But if we are just keep guessing and all this guesswork, it's going to, it's going to be years and years that this individual has to potentially suffer as well as the families. So. Yeah. And so many of the patients that we see and that we have seen have been in multiple treatment centers, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Right. And when you go into a treatment center and you're placed in a treatment center anywhere in the country, the best treatment centers and everything in between, uh, the best and the worst, right? Is you go into treatment and they start on day one and they do a biopsychosocial, mm-hmm. which is a light light assessment, and then a psychiatrist visits for you know half an hour, forty five minutes, and makes mm-hmm. a treatment plan with the team and uh, medicates the patient sometimes. And and this what Meredith recognizes is the depth of this comprehensive diagnosis really does form Mm -hmm. a foundation from which to leap off from Mm -hmm. so that the treatment center has a very clear understanding of who they're working with yeah Yeah, it's so vital to start this way because it doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna everybody goes into residential it could be that we start here and we gain so much knowledge and knowledge is power which Mm -hmm. I really think that it it empowers a lot of people and then it could go into outpatient or it could go into other types of services but it doesn't always have to go into residential treatment but this is so vital to start Mm-hmm. So vital. Mm-hmm. And so I believe in that. And that's the information that I share with my families when they come to me and they say, okay, I love that. help. Yeah. Yeah. I was sharing with her that one of our, another interventionist this morning said um, he was talking to a family in Canada and um, he was telling them they needed to come to us. And, um, and they said, no, I think we're just going to try something locally. And he said, okay, here's the deal. You want to keep doing this mm-hmm. or do you just want to do it one more time? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And she said, that's what I tell my families. families. Yeah. That's kind of what we see, you know, with all of the deep work that you do. And, and again, you and I have been able to share families and patients, or you've trusted us with some of your families and, and clients, but how does that deep work and the intervention work that you do and the case management really that you do with the families, it's got to affect your own human condition, Mm -hmm. right? How, how have you seen it affect you as a human being and as a provider? Mm-hmm. And uh, do you get compassion fatigue? And how does <laughs> no. that work for you? Well, I think that um, I have to practice what I preach. Yep. And that's mm-hmm. very hard yeah. <laughs> yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, but it is so important to be able to have And for me, I've had to learn how to have quality versus quantity of time. Mm -hmm. So if I can really focus on being present um, in certain moments of just really scheduling a a day, a half a day of for time for myself. And also I have a 16, 15 and 10 year old. And so 
it's very difficult not to be in their moments because their moments are all over the place. But just, you know, getting hugs from them and just being a part of their world in what they are dealing with as a 16-year-old boy, a 15-year-old boy, and a 10-year-old daughter. I mean, they're kind of all over the place. So I and if I'm not on my toes in their moment, oh, my gosh, they're running the show. And it's game over for me. So I'm really focused on moments. Moments, and I'm focused on and practicing scheduling time for myself. Mm-hmm. And I have a fantastic therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, I, and then I did um, some deep dive work in my own recovery this year. And I did an intensive out in Colorado. Um, and it was life changing. And I felt that in my own recovery of God willing of 24 years, it's always good to have different reboot type of things to yeah. be able to do, whether it's retreats or workshops yeah. or intensives. And so I, I was able to give that gift to myself. Yeah. So. yeah. I happen to know the woman that you went to yes. do it with, and her name is Jill Crush at Crush Counseling. Shout out to Jill. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Jill, for what you did for my own life yes. and, and for Meredith. And yeah. so you and I didn't do it at the same time, but what a powerful experience. I was yeah. there. Were you there for the three days? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I screamed. I cried. I laughed. I, I breathe for yeah. almost sometimes for the first time that I I didn't realize I wasn't breathing until I oh, wow. was yeah. breathing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anyone looking for a three-day trauma intensive program, Jill Crush at Crush Counseling is, and it's K Crush with a K. Yeah, she's amazing. I love her and the yeah. work that she did, and I'm really happy that you were able to go. Yeah. A really good yeah. friend of ours. Uh, is the one that told both of us about yeah. it, and that's Kristen Ager up in Little Rock. And thank God for Kristen telling yes. both of us, get your <laughs> yeah. butts up Kicking over to our Boulder. Butts. <laughs> exactly, because it was amazing yeah. work. So I'm yeah. so proud yes. that you did that. And yes. that's kind of for our own compassion fatigue and our own lives mm-hmm. and, and staying healthy. We have to do our own work as well. We have to. Right? We have to. And yeah. it shows and it will catch up with us. And and families will recognize that and walk all over us if we don't. And mm-hmm. um, and we are not doing them a service if we don't do our own work. Yeah, that's and, right. And so I'm yeah. very, very passionate about that. It's, yeah. Hard. Yeah. it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Well, we were talking about this last night, too, how being in the positions that you're in, your jobs are different than a lot of other jobs. I mean, you can't turn those phones off after five o'clock. Right. You have to take those calls after hours in the middle of the night. And yes. and it can take its toll on your personal relationships, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. So, but I also wanted to talk a little bit more about all the different pieces of you because in your, what you do, mm-hmm. there's all these different roles. Can you tell the Lots audience a little bit I more wear. about yeah. all those different hats so that, you know, yeah. that, that listener can say, oh, you know what, I'm going to call her because I do need to talk to her about yeah. this or that. So on the front end of levels of care or treatment, I help families with consultation. I help families with uh, if they are interested in intervention. And sometimes it's not an intervention that they need. They just need some coaching or family weekend and time and and a plan. So I work with families on the front end. And then we come together, I gather history. And if in fact, a family meeting intervention is what is required, then I am a clinically licensed professional counselor and interventionist. 
and I will travel across the country and working with families in which to be able to put together a family meeting that is of love, care, and respect, and honor, and dignity, and it, there's no shame, blame, or attacking. Mm -hmm. It's really important about empowering the entire family system about moving forward. And then if, in fact, it is about getting them to Dr. Flowers or a level of care, then um, we talk about that prior to. And there's a lot of preparation that goes into that family meeting prior to having a family, an actual family meeting. So oftentimes I will call Dr. Flowers and I will say, I'm meeting with this family and I need you to, you know, dial in. And, and he's yep. there and he makes himself available. And that's so valuable for me. Yeah. And it's Oh my gosh, so appreciative of the families Thank that you. work with. Um, and so having Dr. that relationship with Dr. Flowers is really a key component for a lot of the family meetings that I do. Mm -hmm. And then um, upon bringing them to Dr. Flowers um, to start and for the assessments and such, then I can travel with the, the family members and the individuals in a clinically safe manner. So I do a lot of clinical transport. Sometimes families don't need me to do an intervention, but they do. They need somebody to get them, their loved ones safe. And um, because mm -hmm. of my background of being a former flight attendant and having knowledge around the industry, I'm able to, as well as my clinical background, to be able to provide provide safe transport and companionship to getting them to whatever level of care they need at that time. Yeah. Awesome. I allow treatment and assessments to do what they need to do. Um, and then on the back end, while still staying involved, and then on the back end, I will either clinically transport them to where their next environment might take them mm -hmm. or be recommended. And then I can also provide family coaching or individual coaching on the back end. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, uh, Something uh, you said last night that we both know about each other is we both really value continuing education and mm -hmm. learning, right? Mm -hmm. And honing our skills and being the best that we can be at our jobs and helping the families with whom we work. And you just took a training recently as an example, you were talking about transporting clients and you just took a whole training with Heather Hayes and Associates mm -hmm. on tra clinical transport. Mm -hmm. Tell us what that is and, and tell me something that you learned from that because I, I sit and I'm wondering like, what do you learn in a transportation? Like learning how to, some people just hop on a plane <laughs> with a patient and that's not it, it, no. it can be they can yeah. run right yeah. run they through the run. airport they can yeah. leave which i did learn which is kind of it yeah. was funny is that you know what you have to make sure on your checklist that you're the person that you're transporting is wearing flip-flops because and i was just like you know what that makes a lot of sense it does. because you can't run in flip-flops <laughs> yeah. after after you know 18 years of doing this i'm like you know what that that's a sense. great checklist or some slippery socks yeah. right. you know <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, I like to kind of always be refreshing my skills. I had gone through an intervention training with um, Dr. Um, you know, Deborah and uh, Jeff Jay yep. out in, um, in Minnesota. And so I did that two years ago on their Love First training and then just recently did Heather Hayes and Associates clinical transport training. And I just really like to stay refreshed. I like to validate that I'm still doing what I'm mm -hmm. supposed to be doing in an right. ethical respectful way, manner and loving and caring manner yeah. and so it's important for me to just stay current with everything and with colleagues around the the nation to mm -hmm. be able to just continuing um, doing the work that we all do yeah mm -hmm. and be well respected because yeah. of it you yeah. know yeah 
Yeah. I'm so excited. I learned something. If you don't want the person you're with to run, <laughs> wear flip flops. Thank you, Heather. Absolutely love that. Um, you also came up with the title of today's podcast, The Evolution of the Family Intervention. And you've done family programs for me and the treatment centers uh, that I own. And you work with families all the time. Tell us a little bit about, a while ago, you talked about the family system. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about your work with families and a family program that you might do. Yeah. And so, why it's important. Mm -hmm. So many people don't understand. They yeah. think the patient is the one that needs mm -hmm. treatment. Yes. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it's, okay, let's just fix that patient or mm -hmm. fix that loved one. That loved one has the problem. And as soon as the, the problem is fixed, then everything will be okay. And it's really, truly much more involved with the family system that somebody struggles carries down and affects everybody in the family dynamic, whether they're living in that home or not, mm -hmm. extended family, friends, employers, etc. So it's really about when I get involved with a family, it's about really doing um, a history gathering, a chronological, you know, timeline of really how their loved one is, has been struggling and how we can help everybody in that system. And the days of the straight alcoholic are kind of no more. Mm. We are yeah. seeing that that, you know, alcohol may just be a symptom. So what are those underlying issues that have affected everyone and really finding the support out there in all areas to be able to give this family dynamic that the help that they need and the support that they need and a lot of of the interventions that I'm doing are about mental health interventions the dual diagnosis not just substance use yeah. mm -hmm. it's really about a lot more complex issues that might be going on eating disorder interventions mental health interventions I've done several interventions over the years just that have nothing to do with substance use mm -hmm. it's just been mental health and um, really getting um, their loved one and the families the help that they need. Because mm -hmm. yeah. a lot of the families are enabling them yes. in so many ways. Yes. And so we were even talking about how um, a lot of times families will want them to stay local, but really sometimes you need that separation. Yes. Right? Yes. Families um, sometimes can get very enmeshed and the, the boundaries and the roles that are played within a family system can get very messy. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to be able to have, even for a time to go and get assessed with Dr. Flowers, to be able to get away from that dynamic just for a little while, just to have some clarity of mm -hmm. understanding what is appropriate boundaries, what are appropriate mm -hmm. roles, what is being supported versus enabled. And, and a lot of that becomes a lot clearer when they are removed moved mm -hmm. for just even a short bit of time mm -hmm. and sometimes people feel scared about going away for 30 60 90 days and yeah. that number can real that sti that's a stigma and we really want to make sure that whatever level of care we are looking at can be about an individualized you know what is mm -hmm. the most individualized uh, clinically appropriate recommendation for however long they may come and mm -hmm. that's why I do love Dr. Flowers and J Flowers Health mm -hmm. Institute is because they start with you know an assessment that can be anywhere from 7 to 14 days right and that in that amount of time and the intensity that they offer can give us such clarity of what's needed mm -hmm. yeah for Absolutely. ongoing. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I call it our little living behavioral MRI. Yes. So it's, when you finish, it's going to be that clear. You know, talking about stigma, um, 
you lecture on a topic called breaking down the stigma of the intervention. What are the key points that you'd like people to know about the stigma in your lecture? Like, what is the stigma? Um, sometimes when I start that lecture, I, I don't know if you remember the movie Hangover yes. Part mm-hmm. 2, <laughs> I think it was, where you know they are all sitting around and they, they want him to go into treatment and they start reading and he's like dumps over waters and it's it's kind of a little <laughs> funny snippet, yeah. but we all sit there and laugh. But then, but in our minds, we think, okay, this is what an intervention is. It's people all gathered around, reading the letters and all of that. And, and when I work with families, I really want to make it as just about a family discussion. Yes, there are some very, very key components that need to be um, put in place for preparation, but what we want to do is break down that stigma to where we really are here for love, Mm -hmm. care, and concern. And not just concern for the individual, but concern for us. Like, yeah. what? Are, yeah. where, why are we feeling anxiety? Why are we feeling stuck as the families? Mm-hmm. And so really, it's about having a voice for everybody mm-hmm. in which to be able to be heard and validated, and that they're that they don't have to be alone. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people within a family dynamic, a big family or a little family that just they're around people, but they're so alone. Mm-hmm. And how do we get in touch with them and provide them the support that they need and to let them know that they're not alone and that there's help out there? And that's why I stay around for six months, because yeah. it is important okay. that they know that this journey, that they are, if they are willing and open to accept, that they don't have to be alone and I'm there the entire way, mm-hmm. whether it's for the families or the individuals or hopefully for everybody together. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So I noticed a while ago that I was looking down at our notes and we skipped the very first question. The Windy and, City one? Yeah. yeah. So I want you to go back. Oh, and, yeah. And yeah. I was I'm supposed to I was ask anxious you, to how hear is the, the Windy City? Yeah. <laughs> Other than yeah. cold. Yeah. yeah. Well, people think that the Windy City is because of being off of a lake and the wind gusts that can get right. up there. But it's truly in timing right now with the election or yep. post-election is that it's really the Windy City got its name because of the politicians and all the Air yeah, and the promises and a lot all of people that. don't know that. <laughs> I had no clue. I literally yeah. thought it was the lake effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, it's those uh, puffed yeah. up politicians. Yes. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That's so wild. Yeah. What was the temperature yeah. yesterday in Chicago? It's thirty-two. Ugh, but yeah. it's it's going to warm up this it's weekend warm for up you for this weekend. Yes. <laughs> and we were talking about Thanksgiving and the fun yes. plans that you're having with your family. Yes, just, just a few of you and outside. Outside, yes. Yeah. I we had a big Thanksgiving plan. Whereas I'm sure everybody has, and I had to re rethink that for the safety yeah. of my kids and such. And so we are adapting, and we are going to have an outside fun blanket fire wow. pit, and you know family gathering and and be able to have some of our family together, but outside. And the cocoa, what, would, what did the you call it? The hot chocolate bar. Hot chocolate bar, yep. yeah. And yeah. a fire like and blankets Aww. and just s'mores. I love it. All of I that. Love and it. I love crock it. pots of funny stuff. And I just asked my mom if she'd make the homemade macaroni and cheese. So mm. I'm hoping that comes too. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that sounds good. How many uh, family members will you have? I will have my brother and his children and then my mom and stepdad oh, and my kids. and Yep. So what do you think the temperature will be on Thanksgiving Day? <laughs> oh, good. Well, we usually, uh, you know, I used to live there for those who are listening. Yeah. But we, it used to always snow the day before or the day of. Yes. Yeah. Is that Usu- right? Yeah. 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 
And wow. I always had the tradition of doing a turkey trot. My dad would always watch, you know, me run in the oh, morning. Yeah. And so I have instilled that tradition into my kids. Yes. So we are, are you getting, doing it this year? Yeah. It's um, we can't do the the local organized one because it's not happening. But yeah. uh, we have a loop um, in our neighborhood that's 3.2 miles. And oh, cool. I said that we are running that. And my daughter asked if she could ride her bike. I said, that's fine. But <laughs> but all of us are going to be moving in, on Thanksgiving morning morning outside layered up or or whatever that is so fun yeah Mm -hmm. how has uh covid affected the intervention world how are you Mm -hmm. doing your is there a difference in the way in which you're doing interventions Mm -hmm. this year uh you know based upon the safety protocols Mm -hmm. um we are wearing masks we are making sure that the groups that we do gather together for that family meeting are appropriate where it's cut off at Mm -hmm. x amount of people um based upon the space that's available and then also we will have incorporated a lot more zooming um, people to zoom in and facetime um i've even had to call the police on certain situations where they had known about exactly what to to do they had their masks they had their gloves we have sanitizers all throughout the um the spacing of everything so everybody Mm. whether it's the first responders that i'm incorporating and collaborating with or the families we all have prepared for that and then Um, The additional layer that we've had to do is that um, preparing for the treatment centers that I would be taking the clients to, that we have to know about what the protocol is on that end. So there was a um, treatment center that needed to quarantine, and so I was in a hotel room with um, somebody for 40 hours Mm. um, while we were waiting for the tests. And this was early on, but, um, Yeah. yeah, it's just we have to do whatever we need to do in which to be able to make sure like there was a treatment center in texas too that they wouldn't accept any flights in from chicago because chicago is a hot spot so we had to drive and we were able to make accommodations for a 17-hour ride God. Yeah. So you do what you need to do in order to get your loved ones safe. That's right. But you have to follow all the protocols. And it changes with each treatment center and each destina- location of across the country because some locations are shut down and some are hotspots, mm. some are more open. So, yeah. Yep. So question for both of you. Okay. Roses and thorns. What's the best part of what you do? What's the worst or hardest part of what you do? Mm. So roses, what's the best part? Um seeing that there is hope and that people understand that there is hope and that they Mm. haven't lost faith and i know that they haven't lost faith because they're calling and they're asking for help so they do deep down believe that there is hope so i love that touching that piece yeah what's your thorns my thorn is that it's um it's hard work and it's a process and it's not something that's quick mm-hmm. and you have to re- and and that can be really hard sometimes and seeing that this disease of mental health and addiction is devastating and losing a client a mm-hmm. patient yeah. i mm-hmm. did lose somebody a year ago in january and it wow. took me to my knees oh i bet and I so bet. i know that it's real yeah. and i know that it is um part of what we do but it doesn't have to be yeah and so i'm hopeful that there will be people that will be listening to this and yeah and yeah. will believe that right right how about you what's mm, your roses gosh. what's the best part I, you of what know, you do my answers are going to be so similar to meredith because <coughs> my i mean my roses are seeing the people who thrive right yeah. and and leave and go to treatment and do well 
and get out and just thrive in life and, and put their past behind them and they're able to resolve their trauma, uh, work on their addiction and really live life to the fullest and happy. And the, and the worst part, the, the thorn part, again, Meredith knows someone, you know, one of her clients died. And, you know, this year I think I've known seven or eight people that I personally know that have overdosed and died. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the toughest part of this mm-hmm. industry mm-hmm. is losing mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. And Meredith and I both lost a mutual friend last year together mm-hmm. um, and colleague and friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's just devastating. And this, yeah. you know, and I think the, the takeaway is, is I don't care who you are and how much money you have or how little money you have, how high you've been or how low you've been. This disease can kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if you don't seek help. Um, you're just going to live a life of, of drama, trauma, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and unhealthiness and sadness and sometimes death. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll lighten it up a little bit. I, I know say, we only have a little bit of time yeah. here, but <laughs> we wanted to know uh, some fun things about you. Okay. I mean, like, what do you like to do for, you know, for fun and leisure activities? What's your, what's your go-to for that? Um, I love to travel, yeah. so that's always going to be embedded within my blood. I love the Green Bay Packers, uh-huh. so I watch there, and I'm part of a fam- fantasy football league this year. Um, Did which, you used to bundle up and go to those oh, games? My oh grandfather my owned the season tickets. <coughs> cold that you yes. will never feel. I mean, it's uh. just on. Yes. Real. Yes. It's yeah. the oh frozen tundra. Doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> Speaking of liking to travel, oh Meredith and I, fingers crossed, mm-hmm. prayers, yes. are going to London. We're not going together, oh, but we're we going to see each other in London in yes. February. Yes. Yeah, we are With scheduled to both side speak. Trip. Yes. We're both speaking in London. <laughs> yes. I think you asked if you could join. No. <laughs> I was like, let's do, do a podcast, podcast there. Yeah. I think oh, that I know. He's going to go around and we can Zoom. It's yeah. all good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I yeah. wonder what Meredith is doing for Valentine's Day. I wonder. <laughs> Who knows? So what music is on your playlist? I think we talked about this earlier. Oh, so. it's a wide range. I can go from country to rock. I like Guns N' Roses, all the way to Taylor Swift, to Love Garth it. Brooks, to Gar- Simon and Garfunkel. It's just great. <laughs> Show them your t-shirt. I know. I'm a Pink awesome. Floyd Pink fan, Floyd. too. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Um, let's see. Was there? I wanted to ask her one more. Let's see. Okay. Oh, what's on your bucket list that you haven't done? Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, probably it'll be to travel somewhere. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to go to Spain. Um, one nice. of these days and see Running of the Bulls. Oh, yeah. Very that fun. would be so fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. This is amazing that you literally flew from Chicago, yeah. Illinois to Houston, Texas to oh. come visit us, have dinner Absolutely. last night, which was amazing yeah. time spent mm. with you because I just cherish our friendship yeah, and working with you mm-hmm. both personally and professionally, of course. And, yeah. uh, and I can't wait until we can all see each other on the Yes. circuit again and go Absolutely. to conferences and yeah. you know who knows when that's going to be but hopefully i'll see you in london Absolutely. in february yes so now, if someone listening wants to reach you how do they reach you via email phone or yeah and my website is uh, www.heartfeltrecovery.com okay and so there is an, a link to be able to get to me my email through there and my cell phone is the 312-890-8060 
Awesome. Yay. Thank Dr. you, Meredith. Thank, Thank you. you. Dr. Flowers, if they want to reach the J. Flowers Health Institute, what do, how do they reach uh, you? Our, well, our phone number is 713-783-6655. And uh, our website is jflowershealth.com. Awesome. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, Robin. Everyone. Thank All you, right. Robin. Thank you. Great to meet you. Thank you.